And welcome back, everybody. We just finished watching episode seven. Uh, I am here with Alec, as usual, and Maddie. N- now, as usual, I guess, you know. Now that, <laughs> Hello. Now that she's on her second Hello. episode. Uh, I, I'm, I come here all the time. You come here all the time. <laughs> what is this episode called? Uh, <laughs> 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 left, left behind. Okay, it's the same as the DLC. Okay. The DLC, just call it that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in this episode, Left Behind, we basically tackle the the Left Behind DLC from the game. Uh, so, first of all, what were you guys' I don't know overall impressions? <laughs> Sorry, I can go first. No, please, after um, you. <laughs> I liked it. Sorry, let me get my thoughts together before I just word vomit. <laughs> um. It was good. I thought it was a change of pace from all the other episodes. Very different, mm. um, but very spot on to the game. Those, that was my first impression. Yeah, it wasn't my favorite episode, but like I thought it was pretty. It was great, and it's the first one that made me actually like tear up at the end when I don't know, like Pedro grabbed her hand or J- Joel. I would call him Pedro. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, it was a very emotional episode. And the whole time, I'm like, how are they going to break my heart? I know it's going to happen. Right. You're like, ooh, ooh, I was just introduced. I was just introduced to a new character that I like. So what are they going to do to take them away from me? (laughs) You know what's suspicious? She's not with them later. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I do like um, that it it planted the show planted this episode early on when Marlene says to Ellie, yeah, look how that turned out for Riley or something like that. No, really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah. It's, it's, it, was that shortly after the counting scene or it was Ellie and Marlene's first scene together. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, pretty shortly after the counting scene, I think. So yeah, let's just, uh, let's dive into the episode here. We see Ellie drag Joel into this abandoned house and he's in a real bad way after having just been stabbed in the end of the of the previous episode. And she says, I'm going to I'm going to help you. I'm going to fix this. And he is like, go, like, just get out of here. Um, you know, Get out of here. Save yourself. She goes out of the room and she brief, briefly looks back at him. And then the the door flings open and we're at a flashback. And I thought that we were going to cut back and forth between the flashback and what we're seeing now, because that's what they did in the game. But in the game, she like also fights a bunch of dudes. It's it's a very like gameplay heavy uh, present day. Um, and so I'm 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 fine with uh, with being in the flashback for the whole episode. It was just something that I didn't quite expect. Yeah, yeah, I think I liked it better, honestly, that way. Sort of just helped us stay completely involved in that story. Yeah. Maximum heartbreak. Yeah, and um, so we're in the... So in this flashback, we're in the uh, the Boston quarantine zone, and this is where we get our first real look at what life was like in the QZ, really, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. I, I, uh, I had wondered what Ellie's life looked like before that. Um, we see her... In gym class, she's she's running uh, and she's listening to a Walkman and she's listening to Pearl Jam, 
which is is a nice little uh, nod. It's a nice little nod to Last of Us Part Two, uh, where they use a song that they might not be able to use uh, as like the linchpin of the game. I hope they just use it anyway. <laughs> no, I'm me too. I hope they do. What song? Uh, it's called Future Days. Um, uh-huh. But it, he has in, more culture than I am. <laughs> yeah, no, Future Days is like the linchpin of Last of Us Part Two. It really is the game. Oh, okay. And um, but she's listening to uh, All or None by Pearl Jam on her Walkman here. And that, I don't know. It's just a nice little nod. She gets her Walkman taken away by this girl in class. She rips her headphones off and tells her to pick up the pace. And Ellie's like, I don't want to fight about it. And then she's like, yeah, you don't want to fight about it because you want your friend to fight about it. And then Ellie responds by punching this girl in the face. <clears throat> we cut to There's that. Character, bro. What? I said there's some real character growth. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So we cut to her in the office of like Captain Kwong, I think. Yeah, Captain Kwong. Uh, Kwong. And she has a she has a black eye and she and Captain Kwong have this this discussion where it's like, well, your behavior has been getting worse. So basically you have two paths in front of you. Uh, You keep acting like a grunt and you live the life of a grunt. And he says, you'll you'll do jobs, you'll eat food and you'll take orders probably from Bethany uh, for the rest of your life or on the other path you could swallow your pride you follow the rules and you become an officer and you you know get your own food your own room and you get to tell the Bethany's of the world to F off he gives her these two paths and she's like fine I'll take the officer path I'll be a goody good Um, and this scene's interesting this scene's kind of interesting because it's not in the game Uh, so it, it fleshes out Ellie a little more and I think also shows I don't know like the effect she has on people <laughs> like this 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 is a kid who's not usually well behaved but this guy likes her enough to give her a chance mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was like a military school right like that was very interesting to me like talking about future jobs and she's 14 I was like whoa like this is it's just weird to think about school i guess after the apocalypse well and the whole like talking about like future jobs and like what you're gonna do when you're an adult thing when you're 14 i'm like well that part of school hasn't changed officer. yep it was interesting to see uh, a federal officer who believed in the cause i guess you know actually was trying Perhaps you saying at least that's what sort of the pitch he was given to Ellie, anyways. Well, and he wasn't so. just like an evil Nazi. <laughs> yes, jackboot thug. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Ellie like goes to sleep that night, and she looks over to the other side of her room to see an empty bed. And I love when movies and shows use empty space as a <laughs> as a signifying thing. And so. Uh, Ellie looks at uh, looks at this empty bed. She turns her lights out, and when her lights are out, it's like two a.m. Someone crawls in the room, uh, crawls into the window, and puts their hand over her mouth. And Ellie kicks the person off, pulling her switchblade. She's about to stab her, and it turns out it's her friend Riley, who's been missing for a little while. Uh, and this is she's implied to be the friend who fights, right? I thought, yeah, I thought one of the most foolish parts about that was when she's like, I thought you'd get a kick out of it. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. <she's> like, <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of being assaulted. <laughs> <laughs> so Ellie is like, I thought you were dead. And Riley's like, no, I'm fine. I just ran away for a bit. And uh, this is where Riley, 
Riley admits that she, yeah, three weeks. Uh, Riley admits that she has joined the Fireflies. And when Ellie doesn't believe her, she just like pulls out her piece and she's like, here, look at it. And she says, I'm going to tell you everything, but you first have to promise me that you're going to come with me for a few hours and have the best night of your life. And Ellie's like, no. And then Riley's like, yeah, but you're eventually going to say yes. So just say yes. (laughs) Time to threaten me with a good time. Let's go. (laughs) She literally threatens her with a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Ellie tells Riley to turn around when she's changing. And Riley's like, why are you always so weird about that? Um, and anyway, as Ellie changes, Riley uh, looks at Ellie's cassettes. The, one of the cassettes is uh, is one from AHA, which is another nice nod to the games, as well as a little planting for later in this episode. I oh, feel and- like a Walkman would have been almost like a more difficult relic to find than like an iPod, <laughs> you know? Like, where do you even find a Walkman? <laughs> I don't know. The first iPod. I don't know where I'd find a Walkman. The first iPod came out in 2003, didn't it? Oh, it's 2003. Yeah, I keep forgetting that. Yeah. yeah. A, a disc man, maybe. Yeah. But it'd be harder <laughs> okay, to find. That makes more sense. It'd be harder to find CDs for those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd expect a disc one, but yeah. Yeah. Ellie says, should I trust you? And then Riley says, with your life. And they crawl out the window and they make their way for their, for their adventure. They climb down to the streets. They ignore patrols. Um, they have a conversation about the people that they've been beating up. They climb into this window and there's uh, Riley says, OK, the thing I'm going to show you is upstairs. And Ellie's like, how many floors? And she's like, I like two. And then it cuts to them walking up to the seventh floor. Uh, Ellie's obviously pissed. Um, but they look down this hallway and there is a body there. This guy has a bottle of booze from before the outbreak and they say like oh you must he must have paid you know every bit of his money for that and he mixed it with pills so it's pretty obvious this was a suicide and ellie grabs the bottle (laughs) and in the most shocking moment of the whole episode this guy's (laughs) body just falls right through the floor (laughs) that was the weirdest attempt at comedic relief i think i've ever seen (laughs) I was just like, were they just trying to figure out, like, okay, they can't walk around the body. They can't just leave now. Like, we have to write the body out. (laughs) We have to write the body out so it literally just falls through the floor. (laughs) And I didn't know if it was supposed to be funny at first. Because I was laughing, but I didn't know if I was supposed to be. And then when the characters laugh, I was like, okay, well, they're kind of giving me permission to, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But it was just the weirdest, most unexpected moment. Like, it's not the most horrific thing. It's not the most shocking thing that happens in this episode, but it came totally out of left field. And I wasn't expecting it. So uh, those random things that happen in games just so they can block your path and you have to, like, find some random way around, you know? Yeah. It would not surprise me if they pulled that straight from the game. (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it wasn't in the game, but it kind of seems like something that would be. So uh, they both share drinks from this bottle. And uh, th- there's this really clever thing that I read on Collider uh, where they pointed out that when Ellie drinks from Joel's flask in episode four, she said it still tastes gross. That was a reference. That was a callback to there. That was a planting for this moment. And I thought that was really cool. It's great. <laughs> So they, they share drinks from this bottle. Ellie asks, hey, is that the first time you've seen a dead body? And Riley's like, no, my parents. Uh, Way to make it awkward, Riley. Yeah. <laughs> Way to make it awkward, Ellie. I think you should have remembered that. Fair point. 
Ellie uh, holds Riley's gun. She uh, mocks her reciting the Firefly rules. And this is another kind of interesting thing. This is in the game. I can't remember to what extent it is, but the whole butting heads over Fedra and the Fireflies that happens in this episode with uh, with Ellie and Riley. Um, because Ellie is like, she's, you know, comfortable, if not particularly happy with Fedra. And Riley has, you know, broken out and joined this resistance. So they are on opp- opposing sides of this of this war that's going on. And they really do a good job of kind of gently reminding us of that throughout this episode with with the dialogue that she and Riley have. Riley explains how she uh, how she came to the Fireflies basically when she was sneaking around a woman in her 40s or 50s or as she says, like whatever, she was old, uh, came up to her and said she was impressed with her sneaking around. And after Riley was like, I don't like Fedra, uh, this woman's like, hey, if you want to come to the Fireflies, we've got a place for you said yes and now she's a firefly and i liked that she didn't say right then uh the woman's name was marlene because that gave me the opportunity to be like ha i knew who that was you just marlene coming up and saying you like violence kid (laughs) (laughs) you look like you look like the murdering type (laughs) yeah ellie says that fedra isn't entirely bad um riley says that they are fascist dickbags uh, and dickbag has always been one of my favorite uh, insults. Um, and Ellie asks if the Fireflies still use bombs. And Riley's like, well, not when civilians are around. And Ellie's like, well, that's propaganda bull. Uh, Riley's like, one, it's okay not to know everything. And then Ellie's like, well, agree to disagree. And two, they're here. And so we see that they're at this abandoned mall. Ellie's like, you're out of your mind. Like, they sealed off the mall because it was full of infected. Riley replies, if it's supposedly sealed off, then why isn't it sealed off? And they crawl in. And so she tells her, go to the, go out this door and go right and go to another door and let, you, let, let me know when you're there. And when she arrives, Riley hits the light and Ellie watches the entire mall light up. It looks so magical. It does. And I want to talk about there. There's the moment where we see Ellie's face when the mall is lighting up because it's such a beautiful moment, uh, both in terms of filmmaking and as and in terms of Bella Ramsey's performance, because she absolutely looks like this is the first time she's ever seeing something like this. I mean, this whole sequence in the mall, she perfectly sells like just this childhood wonder of being in this, you know, magical place. The escalator scene in particular was oh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So magical. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take on me starts playing, uh, which is a nice little payoff to the aha uh, tape from earlier. And Riley shows Ellie an escalator for the first time. And Ellie's like electric stairs. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts just, she starts, she goes down for a bit and then she starts like running back up and she's like, look, I'm going up, but I'm not moving. <laughs> and (laughs) I don't know I I think there's like a running theme in this where we see Ellie's wonder at stuff that we take for granted Mm -hmm. right yeah 
uh, it, it reminded me a lot of the uh, of the plane bit where Joel's like, yeah, no, flying kind of sucked. And then she was like, dude, you got to fly up in the air. <laughs> you could also like probably pick something up for every single episode where you've had something like this, right? I'm like pr- pretty well, last close episode to, I think. The Diva Cup. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Air- <laughs> Airplanes, Diva Cups, One electric stairs. We don't need to bring this conversation back up. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be another 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> No, our last episode was longer than the episode that we were talking about. <laughs> it's true. I loved that when I looked on Spotify, like it was your longest episode. And I was like, oh my God. I think it's the longest it's episode like, I ever he, had. It like, starts it off by saying this is going to be a short one. <laughs> <laughs> deep, deep irony. <laughs> Riley says that she's going to show Ellie the four wonders of the mall. I think it's five. And, and then Ellie's like, is are these is the escalator one of them? And she's like, okay, fine, it can be five. <laughs> Errol, did you notice the Dawn of the Wolf poster? I did. I did. Cody it, was so excited about that. Okay, did I see Dennis Quaid's name on the Dawn of the Wolf poster? <laughs> I did not see that, but that's <laughs> hilarious. I hope that was what it was. No, I, I just want to see Dennis Quaid in a movie called Dawn of the Wolf. Yeah, now we need Dawn of the Wolf to come out after yep. this. Yep. HBO, listen to this. <laughs> It'll be as as successful and subversive as Michael Scott's Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so while they walk the mall, Riley points out, hey, this isn't packed with infected, despite what Fedra told you. And Ellie's like, why are some of the stores still full? And it's basically like people took what they needed and wanted uh, and they didn't want stuff like this. And then they go to a Victoria's Secret. They look at a bunch of of lingerie and they have this conversation about like, I can't imagine someone actually wanting to wear this. Riley laughs and she's like, I'm actually uh, I was trying to imagine you wearing something like that. And Ellie's like, shut up. And as Riley walks off, uh, Ellie like takes a look at herself in the reflection of the of the window and like kind of fixes her hair and stuff. And this is where, if you didn't pick it up already, we, we see we see uh, we see hints at Ellie's sexuality here, and they maybe kind of explain the uh, her her reaction to uh, Bill's uh, gay porn mag <laughs> in episode four. I just want to curiosity. I just want to see what all the fuss is about. <laughs> <laughs> um. So Riley has Ellie close her eyes, and. Ellie gives Riley her hand and there's this smile that appears on Ellie's face as she got as she's guided through the mall. Uh, and th- uh, if I had to describe most of this episode, I would say it's sweet. Yeah, there's, there's just a sweetness to it. And when Ellie opens her eyes, we see that that look of wonder again as we see a working carousel. They uh, as they're riding it, this uh, instrumental version of Take On Me plays through the carousel, which I think is really cool. I didn't notice that. That's funny. Yeah, that's I didn't great. notice that either. That's cool. Um, great attention detail, Errol. And I, I love this moment on the carousel because it's just kids being kids, right? <laughs> it's a bottle of booze. Well, yeah, kids yeah. being kids being kids. <laughs> Man, growing up in Utah was so boring. <laughs> but it's nice to see like that change of pace from being like in a military school that's super like 
just, I don't know, just very strict and different. So, and then to just be in this childhood moment, it's like, here's a piece of your childhood back that you've missed growing mm -hmm. up in the QZ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we see that, that there's a stark contrast there, right? Like in the QZ, they are not letting kids be kids. It's like, you can be a grunt or you can be an officer. Those are the two options. And here we see a freedom that we haven't seen, uh, especially we haven't seen Ellie experience so far. They talk about uh, the possibility of actually freeing QZs and we see how well that went in Kansas City. And um, Ellie expresses this hope that if Riley came back, like they would be the future. They would make things better. And Riley's like, well, you would be running things because uh, I'm turning 17 soon, which means that uh, I'm going to get my assignment in the QZ and I got sewage detail. That's what the QZ thinks of me. A pretty job. Yes, a pretty job. <laughs> and she says, like, so I ran away. I didn't want to do that. And the longer I was away, the harder it was to come back. And Riley's like, you are the only thing I miss from that place. And then it's time to go. There are more wonders to behold. On paper, it doesn't seem like there's room for moments to land, but they do a really good job of letting these little moments have their time before they, you know, go on to the next thing. I'd like to point out that this is actually the first episode that was not written by Craig Mazin. Oh, yeah. This episode was written by Neil Druckmann. And how's that, how's that split up the rest of the season? Like, does did he write any more episodes? No. <laughs> oh, all right. Just one random DLC. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe the reason for that is that this this episode is so close to the DLC that I, they I mean, they really did basically use like large chunks of that script. Huh. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's why it's like, you know, maybe Mason was like, Neil, you've already written this. Can you just like make a tweak here and there and write it again? <laughs> so the next wonder that they see is a working photo booth and Riley supplies the five dollars for their photos. And I just want to pause for a second. Am I crazy? I don't ever remember spending five dollars on a photo booth. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Can anyone confirm? Has anyone been to a photo booth recently? No, but also it was 2003. So <laughs> I'm guessing it would be like a dollar fifty. No, that's what I thought. I'm like, well, and then they take what, like four pictures? And I'm like, so that's like a buck twenty-five per <laughs> per picture. <laughs> You're paying for the experience there. All things went up after the post-apocalyptic confection. <laughs> Some guy came in there like adjusted the prices. Like ah, I don't think so. <laughs> I, I like the I like the idea of this guy who like lives in the mall and tries to like make money by just raising the prices on the photo booth and nothing else. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he went in to raise the prices at the arcade as well. That's true. Well, no, he lowered the prices at the arcade because they only put in a quarter at a time. I know that. I right. that would be more. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll get to that the monetary system in this movie is crazy <laughs> <laughs> i don't understand the money at all uh i like um i like the moment in the photo booth they do a bunch of you know cute poses it's just a very cute moment so before they go to the next wonder uh riley tells ellie to listen and you hear a bunch of 
sounds. It's pretty vague from, you know, to our ears. But Ellie starts running toward this arcade. And when we see it with all the games going and all the lights and all the sounds, Ellie just stands there and says, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So she, you know, walks around. She looks just totally awestruck at all of these games and everything um, that she's never gotten to play before. And she's like, ah, but it sucks. We won't be able to actually play any of them without coins. And then Riley busts open the coin machine and coins come spilling out. (laughs) And then Um, they choose to play what, in my opinion, is the crappiest game at the arcade. But that is purely just my opinion. What, Mortal Kombat 2? Yeah, I mean, it's never one that I would play. I go straight to the racing games or something, you know. Well, she does sit down in front of a racing game machine. But yeah, no. uh, So they they play uh, Mortal Kombat 2, um, which Ellie pointed out pointed out in the gas station in episode three um as well as there was a there was a poster hanging for that in her room in this episode i like seeing them play against each other by the way in the game you just see their faces as they're playing and i i, I liked i liked seeing the fatalities because i'm a sick man <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they smash buttons for a while they 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 play mortal Kombat and uh, we pan out of the arcade and we go down the hallway and this was where Rayanne was like, oh man, why'd this have to be a horror movie? <laughs> and we uh, we see, an, we, we pan into, or we uh, dolly into a nearby doll shop. And at first I thought they were just going to keep zooming in on one of the dolls. I'm like, what is this, an Annabelle thing? <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. <laughs> I hate dolls. Like, they're so freaky. Like, of course there's an abandoned American girl store. Like, of course. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen Mitchell's versus the machines? Mm-mm. Oh, there's a whole section in there with Furbies. Oh, no. <laughs> Those were haunting. Even like, oh, don't make them haunted. They already are scary. <laughs> uh, and we dolly through this doll shop and we see that there's an infected that's freaking been there so long. He's stuck to the walls and he's woken up by Ellie and Riley playing the game. And that's when you kind of like when it hits you again, like, oh, yeah, going to go down. Ellie finally wins. And uh, she says, it's getting late. I've got to get home. Like, I'm going to I have drills in the morning where they're going to teach me how to kill fireflies. And she's like, I can come back tomorrow to see the last wonder. And Riley's like, we've still got a few hours. Plus, I've got a gift for you. And she takes her to this uh, taco restaurant where they jump behind the counter and Riley says that she's been mostly just staying here at the mall. And then she pulls out the gift and it is no pun intended. Volume two. Unfortunately, not a taco that we. <laughs> I like the word that Ellie suggested that she's like, is it a taco? <laughs> <laughs> Would have been way excited to eat a taco, though. Like, I love midnight snack taco. Mm. Yep. Yeah, especially you know, twenty years into uh, into uh, an apocalypse, it'd be a good taco. Chest kiss. (laughs) Um, But I like um, I like that that the gift is no pun intended. Volume two, because we see Ellie, you know, reading that to Joel later on their journey. Uh, It's just a nice little full circle moment. and they read off some terrible jokes and they giggle to each other. And as they're reading the jokes to each other, Ellie sees a bunch of grenades that uh, that Riley has been keeping. And Riley's like, look, I I would never let 
I would never let them hurt you. And Ellie's like, oh, yeah, you'd never let them like you have control in this situation. And so Ellie is is Ellie storms off and Riley runs after her. And that's when she says, I'm leaving like they're sending me to the Atlantic QZ. And I wanted I asked them if you could join so that we could go together. And then Marlene, the lady that recruited Riley, says Ellie couldn't go. And so Riley's like, tonight is my last night in Boston. Ellie's like, why did you bring me here? And Riley says, because I wanted to see you. And, you know, I wanted to say goodbye. And she's like, look, this isn't easy. And then Ellie's like, yeah, it is. You just did it. And then she says goodbye and walks off and she goes out into the mall by herself. And she's almost about to she she almost gets out there and then she stops herself and heads back and she hears some screaming and, you know, traces the origin of it. And it turns out that Riley's hiding out in a Halloween store where there's this like screaming witch prop thing. And she's like, surprise, the fifth wonder. And uh, and she's like, I thought you'd like this one best. So, you know, best for last. Ellie asks for the book back and comes and sits next to Riley and she she kind of explains how she's how she's feeling right now. She says, you know, I thought you were dead, but then you come back and you give me this amazing night and now you're leaving again uh, forever. And to join a cause that I don't even think you you understand. And that's where I think the whole like Firefly versus Fedra thing kind of comes to a head right here at this at this conversation. And because Riley says that essentially, you know, she she knows what it's like to have a family and have them taken away and she wants to belong again. A um, very poignant moment. And this uh, this actress, uh, Storm Reed, is, uh, first of all, just a dead ringer for the girl in the game and just gives an excellent performance here. She's really good. I, I like her a lot. And Riley says, you know, they chose me. They, I matter to them. And then Ellie says this incredibly poignant line. Uh, you mattered to me first. And, you know, yeah, no. Right, right, right in the heart. Right in the heart. <laughs> um, and th- that's, you know, if you haven't seen or if you haven't played the game, if you don't know the story, I feel like that's the moment where you're like, oh, no. <laughs> they're 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 really going <laughs> to they're, they're really going to do this, aren't they? You know, she, Ellie's like, are you sure you're going to leave? Are you sure about this? And she says, yeah. And Ellie says, OK. You know, you're my best friend and I'll miss you. But like, that's your choice. That's your choice. And Riley says, wait, the night isn't over yet. And I have one more thing. Riley throws on a clown mask, which is honestly more terrifying than the the infected in the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the worst part was the clown and the dolls <laughs> the clown and the dolls were scarier than the inf- the infected was only like the third scariest thing we saw <laughs> um, uh, she throws a wolf mask to Ellie so they both put those on um, she reveals that she stole Ellie's Walkman and she's like I'm probably going to give it back it's encouraging <clears throat> and so the, she hooks it up to the store speaker and uh, it plays uh, it starts playing music and they dance together on the store's counter. And it's a really it's a really, you know, cute little moment. 
But uh, Ellie starts to slow down and she takes off her mask. Riley takes off hers and Ellie says, please don't go. And that, that this show's really good at just little one liners that just get you right in the heart. And Riley says, OK, I'm not going to go. And Ellie and then is, everything was happy forever after the episode ended. And uh, we'll see you all next season. It was great, guys. <laughs> yeah. So um, Ellie kisses Riley and uh I remember there was this uh, this video game donkey video where he's arguing with YouTube commenters about The Last of Us. And someone said, uh, someone said, no one's sexuality was ever mentioned in the first game. And, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, OK, well, yeah, Ellie's a lesbian and uh, and Bill's gay and they go out of their way to show these things. That's funny. Right. Like the Mandela effect has a really weird is a really weird <laughs> thing for a lot of people. Not the Mandela effect. <laughs> you should read up on the Mandela effect. It's actually very fascinating. Oh, interesting. Um, so Ellie kisses Riley, and the two uh, smile and laugh. And there's this moment. There's just this brief little moment in time where they just have each other, and it's really it's really sweet. And Ellie's like, well, what do we do now? And Riley says, we'll figure it out. And then right as she says that, they hear a noise. Riley pulls out her gun and the infected comes after them. They run through the Halloween store. Um, Ellie repeatedly stabs the infected in the side to try and fight him off. And I'm like, the whole time I'm sitting there, I'm like, go for the head. Riley hits the infected with a baseball bat. Um, and as it fights with Riley, Ellie grabs her switchblade and finally stabs it in the head. And takes it out for good. And Ellie is like freaking, you know, adrenaline rush. She's like, oh my gosh, we did that. That's amazing. And she doesn't realize that she has been bitten. And Riley points down to her. And Ellie sees the bite on her on her arm. And she tries to rub the bite mark off. And she screams, no, no, no. And I don't know. I, I think because I mean, this moment's in the game. But... There's something that's a lot that just feels a lot more real about it here with Bella's with Bella's performance. She really captures the horror of that moment pretty perfectly. Absolutely. I love that scene um, yeah. for just that reason. Like it captured how terrified you would be yeah. knowing what was going to happen. Well, and then the just the sinking feeling as uh, Riley holds up her hand and shows that she got bitten as well. Yeah. Um, so we see these, and then these... the thinking feeling in our hearts, because we all know Ellie's gonna be fine, but she's got to live with that forever. So, great. Yep. Thanks, writers. You're wonderful. <laughs> Go to hell. <laughs> Thanks. I hate it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we see that these two are doomed. Ellie has had a taste of of first love, and you know, true like friendship. And, and and it's being taken from her, uh, which definitely lends weight to her line in the last episode where she says, you know, everyone I've ever cared about has either died or left me. We cut back to Joel, uh, you know, seemingly on his way out. He's he's not looking good. And, you know, we cut back to Ellie leaving the room and it turns out that she went upstairs desperate to try and find something to help Joel. And uh and we cut back to 
the mall. And so I love the juxtaposition here between these two scenes because we cut back to her desperately trying to find something to help Joel uh, and her destroying the Halloween store just out of anger and frustration um, because the desperation in these scenes is very similar. Um, but we can see how how this moment where she's panicking, trying to find anything to help Joel um, is giving her flashbacks to to, you know, when she found out that she and her friend were infected. Um, so she's destroying the Halloween store. She sits down next to Riley and Riley says, uh, the way I, the way I see it, we have two options. We can either take the easy way out. We can shoot ourselves. But she doesn't think she can do that. She doesn't think Ellie can do that. And the option two is they keep going. Whether it's two minutes or two days, they can spend the rest of their lives together. And she doesn't want to give up any time they have left. And she says, we can just be all poetic and, and lose our minds together. And uh, Ellie asks, what's option three? And Riley's like, I'm sorry. And they sit together and cry. Uh, yeah, right. Um, and it's so it, sweet. It, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. It, it was giving me like Romeo and Juliet vibes, like the very like star-crossed lovers, like we're finally together and now we're both dying. Yep. Like, let's just stick it out, which is very romantic, but very tragic. Just it lined up with that very perfectly, I thought. Well, and it had a lot of parallels with um with uh Bill and Frank too, right? Um, cause Bill and Frank are in a similar scenario. I mean, Frank's the one who's, who's dying and Bill doesn't want to be without him. And so they go out on their own terms. So we see, I, I always say this, we see in that, in episode three, an example of what winning looks like, right? These two guys win. They have a long and happy life together and episodes like this and when we see Tess and when we see Henry and Sam uh, it, pretty much everybody we meet who we like doesn't get that same that same gratification that same satisfaction um, they don't get to go out on their own terms <clears throat> except Tess she kind of does you know she, she, she would prefer not to have been bitten but she does you know blow up the capital and take out the infected with her and it's pretty badass uh, but but uh, the point the point remains that uh, that I think that they changed Bill and Frank's story from the game um, to mirror this scene where where Riley and, and Ellie are in a very similar situation. Um, and we get to see, you know, the outcomes of those of those two, the two different outcomes of that. And back in the That's present day, sad, what? That's really sad, Errol. <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way. It's a, it's a sad episode. I, I liked when in our group chat, when you finished the episode, you just typed sad. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I was like, please tell me that's not all that he's going to have to say about this. Just get on the podcast. And it's like, what did you guys think? Sad. Sad. <laughs> Quite sad. Yeah. So back in the present day, Ellie looks through the house. She finds a needle and some thread in a drawer. And I like how she looks at these things like they're a godsend. 
Um, she runs back to Joel. She holds his hand. Also, I like that one of the episodes was called Please Hold My Hand. And now we get that. And that uh, was so cute because, like, you could see him, like, actually, like, you know, grabbing her hand. Like, that's mm-hmm. the part that actually, like, brought a tear to my, uh, this whole, you know, first season. I actually was like, oh, man, that's so darn beautiful watching that Mandalorian yeah. get all. <laughs> Pedro, Pascal's, Pedro Pascal's got a good cry face, man. He does. He's, he's really good. Um, and this is the moment I think we see Elliot her most desperate here because she couldn't save Riley. Um, she couldn't save Sam. And she will be damned if she lets Joel die. Um, So she looks at the wound. She begins to sew it shut as Joel, you know, grimaces and winces in pain. Also, I can't do needles. Me neither. I can't do needles. I have to close my eyes. (laughs) Yep. No, I I can't stand like graphic surgery scenes in anything. Um, (laughs) I like the infected biting people. The dude getting his head ripped off in the one episode. I I can do that. But it's... (laughs) Whenever, whenever there's a ne- whenever someone starts using a needle in in a thing, I just I cannot I, I cringe so hard. <laughs> I, like I was I was cringing here, and then Ram was like, "Man, you are not cut out to be a doctor." <laughs> uh, so yeah, so uh, the episode ends with Ellie uh, stitching Joel up. I thought it was a very abrupt ending. That was like the one thing I didn't super like about it. Yeah, I'm sad that I still don't know like the fate of Joel's wound. <laughs> like I was really excited to like get that fulfilled in this episode and it's not. The next episode That's starts with him just for. dead from an infection. <laughs> <laughs> not the infection, just an infection. Just an infection, not 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 the big one. <laughs> Um, but I do I do like that this episode starts with or sorry that this episode ends with with Ellie fighting to save someone she loves. I think that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, so, so narratively, I think it's it's really good. Just in the execution, I was kind of like, OK, that was very, uh, very abrupt cut to credits. <sighs> but yeah, no, that that, that wraps up uh, episode seven. Um, and so. As I was as I was thinking about this this episode, as I was ruminating about it, I I think it's really good. It is I think it's really good. It is probably my least favorite so far. Ooh. Um probably nah, I don't know, episode two might be. I say um, episode one and two are my least favorites. I, I have a huge affinity for episode one. Um okay. A- episode one just was like, oh. well, because I the, the reason I love that's episode the first episode in Kansas City, like that whole build up episode, actually, that that was part of my least that's favorite that's my least favorite. Also, episode four. Yeah. That's that- fair. Yeah. Four and two. We'll get those two. The reason I love episode one so much is because I remember hearing that this was announced. I remember seeing the cast announcement. I remember seeing that, you know, they were getting Craig Mazin to write it and Neil Druckmann was going to produce it. And I was just so nervous because video game adaptations historically have been very not good. We've had a couple good ones recently. Sonic wasn't bad and Detective Pikachu wasn't bad. Um, but those are kids games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I mean, I love, you know, I, I love Pokemon and I love Sonic. I'm not saying that only kids can play those things or only kids will like those movies. I liked those movies, but 
this is a very mature title, <laughs> both in rating and just in subject matter. And I just really with a game as special to me as The Last of Us was, I di- I didn't know if I could watch it get screwed up. And episode one was like the first big indicator that, OK, I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> um, and so I'm, I'm always going to hold a, a very special place. I'm always going to have a very special place for it in my heart just because it was just a big sigh of relief for me. Um, but this one, this one is tied with episode two, I think, for my least favorite, which is still saying something like I don't think I've seen an episode yet that I would rate below an eight. <laughs> Right. It's like we're saying that this is your least favorite, but it's like still like stands above like all these other shows. You're just like, no, nah, just in comparison to these episodes, it doesn't stand out. We, we've talked about it. Uh, we've talked about it in the group chat, but it's kind of like picking a least favorite Toy Story movie. <laughs> <laughs> like you're still picking from a collection of solid A's and A minuses. <laughs> Absolutely. And I couldn't actually believe that everybody thought one was the worst movie like that came as a shock to me but anyways we shouldn't get on a tangent but i was <laughs> no we're gonna do we're gonna do a toy story deep dive for anyone listening for anyone listening that is like an official announcement we're gonna do toy story all right we're gonna we're gonna do toy story deep dives they're gonna be um probably pretty long and deranged and it's gonna be it's gonna be great we're gonna we're gonna have a good time i still have to watch three and four uh, four made me ball my eyes out and five I don't want there to be a five. five. I, don't way. To, I don't want there to be a five. No, no, five doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it, like my daughter's excited about five. I'm so not. I'm like, everything is closed. Everything is good. Like, you just, Disney just wants me to cry again. Like, well, like uh, and speaking of what's next, who's excited for cannibals next week? Huh? Uh, yeah, that's my no. prediction. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to spoil anything, but. <laughs> But when I, I, tell I, thought, you, I can recognize cannibals. It was the same thing we were playing that game. They have you, a you look. Remember where I'm like, you guys have very cannibalistic look about them. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. When we were playing the Walking Dead Telltale game season two, or no, season one, episode two. Um, <laughs> Peterson just like looked at these guys and they hadn't even been on screen for like five minutes. And he's like, these guys are cannibals. <laughs> and, he they did was, not and he was right <laughs> it's like cannibal radar white is on. clean say shaven white people in a post-apocalyptic world are <laughs> doing something wrong are they using like sharpened bones to shave their faces is that what it is i don't know <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no so next week promises some uh some really some really exciting stuff it looks like they've given because there's this group that they run into in the game that you really only see like one or two guys um but it looks like they're expanding this group's role and and story um seems like they're giving them like a cult vibe which i think is pretty interesting are they gonna eat joel (laughs) i'm not gonna tell you that (laughs) (laughs) he's nodding A sick nod. He's excited about it. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, boy. I could eat Pedro Pascal up any day. <laughs> if, 
I just want to throw that out there that if I like go missing or if I like am murdered with like some part of my body gone, you know who killed me and ate me. Speaking of which, I'm going to be back in Utah in five days there. Are you excited? <laughs> Dang it. I don't want to die. I hope you're safe, Errol. <laughs> I'm not safe. Somebody please contact the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, so that does it for uh, for um, episode seven, uh, Left Behind. Um, pretty good episode. And I'm excited to see where it heads, where it heads next. Um, we've gotten Peterson's predictions, and I'm really scared. Uh, <laughs> do you have any uh, thoughts or predictions uh, about the story going forward, Maddie? I mean, I know this next part, mm-hmm. and I'm not excited about it. <laughs> <sighs> I'm I'm uh, I'm really excited for uh, for the for episode nine, though. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> not excited about eight. Excited Actually, about nine. We should be a little concerned that we're more excited about nine than we are about eight because worse stuff happens in nine. You're right. <laughs> uh, I'm completely in the dark on that. Yeah, no. Well, let me just put it this way. There are so many people on the interwebs who think that The Last of Us has some kind of happy ending, happy or heroic ending and i've never understood that because when i played that game i was pissed off for two weeks (laughs) after the ending and it was i was pissed off in a good way like it was a very good like narratively satisfying way but it's still i don't see how anyone could reach the end of this game the end of this story and be like oh it's a happy ending so that's just a little tease for those who haven't played the game uh, and who don't know how this story is going to end. Get ready for more tears, Peterson. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you two for uh, for joining me tonight. And uh, we look forward to talking with you all next week. Um, until then, on with the movies. See you.